Welcome to How We Got Here, UVM Stories, the podcast where we interview alumni from the University of Vermont and share their career stories. Our goal is to unpack how they got from point A to point B in a way that is tangible and practical for our listeners. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's show where I chat with Yvonne Prang, a senior director at McDonald's. Yvonne leads a global team of reward professionals across 19 countries. And in today's episode, we talk everything from work-life balance to mentorship to Yvonne's secret ingredients to success. I really think you're going to enjoy this one. Let's dive in. Hey, Yvonne. Welcome to the show. I'm happy to have you. Hey, Jonathan. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited for our conversation. And so what I just want to start off with is an introduction, your name, your title, and the company that you're currently working for today. I'm Yvonne Prang. I'm a senior director in the Global Rewards Center of Excellence at McDonald's Corporation. Awesome. And you're also, you're located in Germany, is that right? Oh, yes, I am. I am. Right. I'm actually German by, by birth. So okay. this is my home. Yes. Great, great. And we're doing this remote. The technology is working so far, so I'm really happy about that. And so now next question, I just wanted to ask you, how did you end up at the University of Vermont? I started my education at the University of Nuremberg with a business major. And one of my dreams was always to study abroad, to go to a business school in the U.S. And by chance or by luck or however you want to call it, I came across a scholarship program with the German-American Women's Clubs. And I was fortunate enough to be selected and matched with the MBA program at UVM. So instead of going abroad for just one year, I got awarded two and uh, got working as a teaching and research assistant at the business school. That's amazing. And and sometimes it is that just that luck how you end up in in a certain situation. And so so you're at the University of Vermont you do this MBA, and so now you're currently Senior Director of Global Rewards Center uh, of Excellence at McDonald's. So could you just tell me what a day looks like in your role? Oh, yeah. Um, in a role and in private life, because you yes, know, I'm yes. a whole person. <laughs> I'm a whole person. So yep. what does a typical day look like in, in life for me? Basically, I get up at 6. I do a little bit of email or some workouts in the morning. Then I have breakfast with my family. I have two kids. Then usually the school kindergarten run, I start in the office or I work from home. I, I lead a virtual team, so it doesn't quite matter where I work from. And then, yeah, so I, do, I usually do then have video or one-to-one calls with my European colleagues in the morning, do some project work. Usually I try to have a face-to-face lunch date with a colleague from the German team or the German organization or someone else based in the Munich office. And then in the afternoon, it's back to project work, either on or offline with some individuals, um, international group calls. So usually then in the afternoon, the North Americans wake up. So this is then my interaction time with them. And then either I pick up the kids or I relieve the babysitter at home a little bit later. Then we have dinner, getting the kids to bed, or I go to a sports class. And then when the kids are in bed, I usually do a little bit more email or some late night calls. So it's a pretty, you know, early mornings, late evenings due to the time time zone differences. 
right? And so now you're in this high-level role, you're at McDonald's. How did you get to where you are now? Well, let me say there were some challenges along the way. Back when I graduated with my master's from UVM and I returned to Germany, it wasn't so easy to find my first job. Right. Um, I had an inter internship secured with Siemens in the HR field for six months when I returned. And so I started to look for a real job. And back then, an MBA needed to get acknowledged by the ministry before I was allowed to use the title. But it was really tough back then because employers weren't really too familiar with an MBA and it was a little bit exotic. So I decided to go back to school for an international postgrad program in French and German, as that gave me that much needed piece of German paper that employers would hire me with. Right. As part of that program, I did my thesis at Siemens and leadership development And I was able to build on my previous experience and my network there, which came in pretty handy later on. With a US MBA and a French-German double degree, I landed my first real job with PricewaterhouseCoopers in their consulting branch, which I really, really loved. So consulting was really something that I connected very well with. I stayed there for three years. And then followed the carrot to join an HR specialty consulting company. And then in 2002, basically the consulting business collapsed and I was made redundant, which was a pretty interesting new experience for me. It was a shock being spoiled on, you know, great feedback, great performance reviews, salary increases, all that, you name it. But I was lucky, um, lucky enough through my network, I found my next role because a former Siemens colleague was pregnant and they were looking for a successor. And so I was able to move into that role at a spun off subsidiary, Infineon Technologies. And I didn't really know exactly what I was getting into, but I knew that they were managing or they needed somebody to manage a pretty challenging project to implement a new software. And that was what I really knew what to do, that I could lead a challenging project and that I was able to learn quickly. And that landed me that job. And basically what I was able to pick up there was that it's never too late to learn anything new. And it's pretty awesome then if you develop to be very quickly the expert on something that you had no clue about before. So I broadened my skill set. I learned. I took on other compensation-related areas. I was the expert on equity-based compensation pretty quickly. I had the opportunity to work on a lot of interesting business-related projects. I was involved uh, to get a part of the business ready for a carve-out and IPO. So that was really interesting experiences that I could collect. And then after five and a half years with the company, I was headhunted for a leadership position at McDonald's, basically leading their German compensation benefits team. And then I developed over the next seven years broadened my skills, taking on 
you know, new responsibilities, HIT systems, company cars, you name it. I had two kids. And basically, yeah, then I got the opportunity to develop into a European role and then two years and two restructures later that I basically supported. I ended up in my current global role where I am responsible for setting strategy and ensuring execution in all 19 major international markets outside the U.S. Wow. That, that's an amazing story, and it, it sounds like you have some pretty high-level responsibilities. And just for students listening, the one thing that really struck me is your ability to challenge yourself and you going into something and becoming an expert where you, where you knew nothing about it, and that happens a lot. And so for students, for alumni, you don't have to be the expert today. There's things that you can do to go become that expert if you work hard enough and, and you're willing to challenge yourself. So what challenges or hardships have you experienced along the way in this career journey? But basically, I would say there are always things, always when I thought, oh, you made it. And when I became complacent, <laughs> yeah. right. that's, that's right. when it's dangerous, right? Right. We and can all relate to that. You made it. You think you made it. You think you that. But then it's usually when something goes wrong. And there's a lot. I mean, the current situation is also like that, right? We cannot yeah. change it. We just have to go through it. How do you get through it? You roll up your sleeves. You do what's needed to be done now. You learn what you can along the way. As a leader, you need to be there for your team and you need to support right. them through that. And basically, you cannot lose focus about what's important longer term and balance that with what's needed to be done now. And I think this is something, this is a life lesson I learned throughout my career. Sometimes fate deals you with something, with a challenge. And by going through that and by understanding, finding the learning opportunities in that, this is when you grow. You grow outside right. of your comfort zone. You do. You do. And there are things sometimes they are just outside of your control. And I like what you said about rolling up your sleeves and, you know, examples of that. I, I'm doing this podcast because I want to help students and provide that content. And so for students listening, like it, it's a good time to spend the this extra free time to build a website, try to do some social media posting, try to read a book, things like that. I think those challenges end up leading to enjoyment. And and so what I'm curious about is what do you enjoy most in your job and your role today? I really like to be the translator because I found that sweet spot where I can bring together people and figures. So, you know, human beings and numbers. This is right. what I found out I'm really good at. So... And, and that, that really brings me a lot of satisfaction. I also bring together the global and the local market perspective. So being a translator between the needs and the challenges and the understanding and, and really being the mediator, if you want to, in between yeah. and really make things happen for our employees. That's what I'm really passionate about. And I'm very focused on results, but I really want to see that come to life in our restaurants. That's what I'm, yeah. what my passion is. That's so great to hear. That really is great to hear. And now I'm curious, have you, because you like people, you like enabling people, have you ever been a mentor? Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. I'm currently kind of in, in two active mentoring relationships. I'm working with an internal mentee as part of our, one of our 
high potential mentoring programs. And I also have an external mentee that I'm working with. I believe this is really a great opportunity for both parties. Yeah. I'm at a point in my career where I believe I can certainly give back and I should and can share my experience and my learnings while also at the same time learning from a whole different set of perspectives from other people. So I think it's a it's a relationship for mutual benefit if you kind of get it right and if you set it up in a correct way. I couldn't agree more. I'm really happy to hear that. So for people listening, students, alumni, you know, mentors get a lot from you as well. And so now I'm curious too, I mean, what advice would you have for mentees? Because being a mentor, finding a mentor is something that is a little bit elusive for students. And, and they always come to me and say, well, what questions should I ask? How do I establish a communication cadence? What advice would you have for them? I would say my advice um, would be look for someone with shared interests, either yes. in a similar industry, in a related field, where you would see yourself in five or 10 years from now. Yes. I, I think LinkedIn is a great resource. Other professional platforms and networks are a good starting point or even a professional conference when they are back on at some point in life. Right. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's a good starting point because because what you need is shared interests overlap between the questions that you have as a mentee and what the mentor has as some sort of expertise or where they feel comfortable giving advice or sharing their experience. Absolutely. It, there, there has to be that fit. You're, you're 100% right because you'll both get more out of, out of that relationship if you find those shared interests. So thank you for that. And you know, now I'm curious, starting to talk, you're obviously a senior leader. You have a lot of experience. I mentioned to you how I'm mentoring two young women at the University of Vermont through their last few months of college. And one of the questions they've asked me, and I was curious about too, is are there differences between men and women in the workplace? I would say there clearly are some differences. Women, and this is a little bit stereotyping, but just for yep. illustrative purposes. Right, right. Women usually do a great job and they wait to be seen or to be recognized promoted or everything. They have a lot harder time spelling out clearly what they want. And men usually are just much more much more confident in their abilities and positive about marketing this out, marketing their achievements and also expectations and ambitions. So I would say there's a profound difference in that between men and women. Yeah, it's just finding that voice. And I would right. encourage every young woman to clearly state what you want. Be clear what you want. And don't be afraid to say that. Right. Right. Yeah, I appreciate that. I know, you know, it, it, it is one of those sensitive topics, but it, it's a question that I get asked a lot. So I, I do appreciate you being willing to tackle that. And now I'm curious because you have such deep experience and I'm just wondering, how has the culture surrounding women in the workplace changed over the past 20 years from your experience? I believe things have gotten a lot better for young women, but we're still far from where we want and right. rightfully should be. Mm -hmm. And some countries Absolutely. have made a lot more progress than others towards a more equal environment. We are a double career family with two kids. 
Right. But we are still not the norm. We are the exception. We are role models in many aspects. And I'm yes. confronted with a lot with society's perception that the mother should stay at home with the children or right. should only work part time, should be the one running home when a kid is sick or should do the lion's share of the homework, which I firmly believe is wrong. Not right. saying that I don't do any of those. I do a lot of that. But right. but I shouldn't be the only parent. You know, there are two Agreed. parents usually. Yes. And, and so as long as we still have that perception that family is kind of the job of the female, we are not equal. Right. Fathers need to be encouraged. They should even be expected to take paternity leave to stay home with a yes. sick child. And yes, also do laundry, buy groceries, play games with the kids. You know, this needs to become the new normal. And yes. then if that's the new normal, if that's the expectation, if it's not the burden and the expectation, the society's perception is not only on the women, then we will see true progress. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I want to dive in. I have a couple questions later on to ask about work-life balance and things like that. And you you did touch on this briefly. So if it's, you know, for reiterating, that's okay. What advice would you give to your younger self or other young women about building a career? So I think everybody, regardless of women or men, you should be clear about your personal drivers. What's important to you? What are your values? What are your questions? What is your ambition? What is your vision? When you're clear about that, do what you love and love what you do. I think yes. this is this is really my driver is passion, right? I love doing things that I'm passionate about, and that's when I'm really good. So, especially for women, we touched on that a little bit. I right. think especially women, but also young men should start expressing what you want to achieve. And then people can actually help you because that's, that's also, you know, if they don't know, then how should, are they supposed to help you trust exactly. yourself, trust yourself and be courageous. If you really want to, you can achieve whatever you want. Just work the plan, adjust, regroup, reroute, but stay true to the ultimate goal. And if that goal changes, that's also okay, right? You just need to work the plan and then you need to adjust the plan and then you need to do it a little bit different. But but really kind of don't lose focus. Don't get distracted by whatever that. Seize opportunities and just do really what you're passionate about. I couldn't agree more. And I'm glad this is coming from you. Again, people who are listening, we've got a senior leader because I've been beating this drum for a while. And we talk about passion. We And the way to really find that is just to try different things and, and don't count yourself out before you try them. You just mentioned being courageous. Take on those new challenges. You might fail. That's okay. Failing is learning. And then you get better at figuring out, okay, this is what I want. I know for me personally, it's taken a long time to try a lot of different things and figure out what I want to get. And, and that's just going to make life a lot better with your relationships and, and what you're doing for yourself and finding careers and what you, even what you do outside of work. Uh, so I think that that's really great advice. And so obviously you are very successful, but what does success 
look like in your eyes? Do you, do you feel successful? Well, I would say success and beauty lies in the eye of the beholder. Right? Yes. So for me, it really depends on what you are giving and what you are getting and whether you feel this is balanced and what your initial goal was. Have you achieved what your goal was? Have you adjusted your goal? And I would say the goals or the vision for your career and what you achieved and what you're giving and what you're getting needs to be aligned and very well balanced. This is what when when you feel successful and this is also when you get a lot of satisfaction of being really good at what you do. I mean, I know I am really good at what I'm doing and that gives me immense pleasure and satisfaction. So I feel very successful, definitely. Absolutely. And what would you say your secrets to success are? <laughs> I would say I would say there are basically three ingredients that I would see for a successful career. Um, talent in the first place and building expertise over time. Nobody has expertise from the outset. It's something that you learn and that you build. But this is to a certain degree, talent and expertise is the green fee. So this is a bit of a given at some point. Right. We touched on curiosity and courage. Curiosity to learn and grow and to develop um, an open mindset and courage to try new things, to go new ways and to try again. If the first attempt did not quite work out as you mm -hmm. planned, also, you know, that it's a little bit, it's called grit or resilience. So you need that. You need that courage, that grit, that resilience to um, face challenges as, you know, for sure, everybody has that in their life. And finally, I would say empathy. Empathy is really, really important, especially in changing environments. Empathy for the people around us, for people we work with, and they may be colleagues or employees or managers, but also customers and stakeholders. So the yes. ability to put yourself in their shoes, to see the world from their perspective, to identify their needs and preferences and exceed their expectation. In my eyes, this is what makes all the difference. I totally agree. So to agree. sum up, I would say it's talent, expertise, curiosity and courage, and empathy that yeah. are my secret ingredients for a successful career. So there it is, listeners, you, you have the secret ingredients. And I think all of those things are important. And what's interesting about the empathy piece and figuring out what motivates other people and tricks that we talk about really ask questions to these people and listen, how are they being measured? How what does success look like for someone else really ask those questions. And a quick example, just even from us with this podcast, when I reached out to you, you were more than willing to help, but it really took a discovery call to figure out you know, what, what does the Yvonne want to come on and, and talk about? Where, where's your sweet spot? How do we, you know, really do this interview in a way that's going to make you the most successful? And so just by, by me asking those questions and, and you giving me those responses, we were able to have more success. And that's just one example for students to be thinking about. It really can be as small as, hey, what, what makes you successful? People will talk about challenges and, and opportunities and think about how you can solve those problems for them. This might be the other side of the same coin, but what traits does a good leader have? Uh, I would quote a sentence from John Quincy Adams that I find very inspiring. 
if your actions inspire others to dream more, to learn more, to do more and become more, you are a leader. So this is really what I firmly believe in. I believe a leader should always share the fame and take the blame. It's not a contest in popularity. A leader does have sometimes a tough job and sometimes to make tough calls. Right. But also, you should never ask something you're not willing to do yourself. I believe a leader should always listen well to arguments and challenge um, your own position. But also make it clear that when a decision is taking, that's it. You know, and yeah. you expect yeah. people to follow through with that. So there's no churn. I I think there's there's something called organizational viruses that really um, hinder yeah. an organization from being truly successful. And there are some I came across in my consulting life, also in my current life. And one is churn. You know, you change direction all the time and people get confused. And right. as a leader, you should do your best to avoid that. I would also say no ego. It's not yeah. about you. It's about solving a business problem. It's about being there for the people. And also never take yourself too seriously. A little humor goes a very long way. <laughs> right, and, right. And connecting with people uh, can really make all the difference. Absolutely. That's that's all really great stuff. And you mentioned earlier you have children you have double career. And again, you're responsible. I think you said the strategies for, for 19 different countries for McDonald's in some way, shape or form. So how do you handle stress? I am a quite an organized person. So when there's a really difficult and stressful situation for me, I kind of have a mental program that starts yeah. that, you know, goes off in my brain. And so it's basically, you know, one step after the other that I basically work through. What I'm really consciously trying to do is taking a step, step back and see the whole picture. How important is this really? Or is this something that's just popping up? It's like a volcano erup erupting, but there's no substance behind it. Mm -hmm. So always asking question, do I see the whole picture? How important is that in the bigger context? What is the worst thing that can happen? So I'm mentally preparing myself for, okay, it can't get worse than that. So, okay, this is what can happen. Okay, now I know the worst can happen. Now I can work on the solutions. What other perspectives on the problem are there that I'm potentially missing? So I'm asking for help or I'm asking for different perspectives. This is also where a mentoring relationship is a great piece yes. where just a completely different perspective can kind of unlock some of the problems that you're creating yourself in your head. I always try to break a big thing down into smaller steps. What is the first step? What is the next one? Who can help? As leaders or as senior people, we sometimes forget that there are people who can actually help. You know, we're not in this alone. Yeah. Um, and and getting the help or or just talking about things also usually helps a lot. And then I firmly believe in stakeholder management. 
Who needs to know what about this? How can I best manage expectations? It doesn't help if I'm trying to find a superior solution to something, but it's delaying in time. So I need to talk to the customer or I need to talk to my colleague or my peer or whoever, my manager, to manage those expectations and say there's a delay or there there is a problem i'm working on it but you know and i expect that to be resolved by then or in in that way also get the support i need for a situation what support do i need where can i get that from my stakeholders and then nearly most important to me is always a debrief so when it's really a major crisis or a bigger thing doing a debrief, a lessons learned, because that's the opportunity for growth. That's it the is. opportunity where you can see more clearly in hindsight, we're all a little bit smarter than when we're in the middle of a crisis. Right. Um, but that really sees that opportunity for growth and for learning and say, okay, next time I'm doing that differently. Or, oh, I learned, I learned from that situation how I can tackle that a little bit better next time. Exactly. There's so much value in that response. I, I really hope that listeners catch all of that. But I mean, there's elements of communication is key. And anytime that I've personally seen a really strong leader at a time when, you know, something doesn't something goes awry, I've always seen them be calm. And now you just got kind of the insider view of that because what you're doing is you're making sure, okay, is is there really a problem? Am I getting all the perspectives so that I can see everything and make better decisions based on that. Because sometimes people come to you and they, they think they have a fire, but it might not really be a fire. And so it sounds like what a good leader is doing is really cutting through some of those things, staying organized, being proactive, keeping calm and, and executing, and then also learning afterwards. So, so thank you for that. And we touched on this again a little bit earlier, but just curious about, you know, what's your personal lifestyle like? How do you maintain that work-life balance? It's one of my biggest challenges, admittedly. So I'm not the best person at that. <laughs> yep, yep. I lead a very busy life. So planning really is key for me. And uncertainty and kind of last minute things, they they mess my life up big time. So, but <laughs> right. I, yeah, I mean, you just have to go with the flow. So for me, really structure and planning creates time. I've really become good to create a structure and create scheduling that for things that need to happen. So, so I create, you know, those spots in the day or in the week or in the month that where some things need to happen. And for me also, I'm very focused. So focus creates efficiency for me. So I try to have uninterrupted time to work on something. Or um, just create those moments where I'm really, where I really can focus on on some things. For me, there's family time, there's work time, and there's also me time. So it's equally important for me to achieve a proper balance to really have me time. For me, that's a lot of, we touched on that. I like to do sports. So for me, it really active recharging is really good for me. But that doesn't mean that it's the right thing for everybody. Right. So I I do relax through physical activity and sports, but I also need mental recharging through reading. So I read a lot, but I do have a wide variety of interests. 
And that is something that is um, sort of, you know, at the end of a day, I try to read something. Sometimes I deliberately read something very boring. So I can yeah. get, kind of get my brain to. That's smart. <laughs> so I like, I, I might start doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a lot of kind of, you know, um, there are some books that I never can finish because they are like in the middle of them. I'm like, okay, I got the gist. I'm not okay. curious enough to finish it, but it's a good kind of get me to sleep book. So yeah, I'm guilty of that. I have like those but uh, but yeah, also quite interesting things. So sometimes I'm um, the get my brain to relax doesn't quite work when the book's too interesting. So that's when I then end up at two in the morning with like, oh damn, I wanted to go to bed. I mean, really, what's in there? You have self awareness and knowing what is going to relax you, knowing what stimulates you, knowing how to be honest with yourself and just being aware of, hey, if I don't have a plan, think, you know, for you personally, things are going to get thrown off. So that's what I, I encourage people to really take inventory of themselves. We talked earlier about knowing what your career drivers are, your passions are, but it's it's just as important to know just behaviorally. I mean, when do I feel relaxed? Is it exercise classes? Is it reading? Is it playing a video game? Like whatever suits you, be honest with yourself about that. And so, you know, as we kind of wrap this up, is, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on or any other advice that, that you had uh, for students? I would just encourage young people to, uh, to, I mean, you touched on that very, very beautifully to just be honest with yourself. You know, you don't, if you're not, I mean, nobody's going to be, nobody's right. going to look after you if you don't do that. Yourself. Exactly. So, be clear on what you want and be really honest if that's it's not your mom's or your dad's or whoever's dream that you're trying to live. You need to live your own life and you need to find your own way. So my perspective is my perspective and what exactly. has worked for me, but that might not be the same for you. You need to find your own path. And I would just encourage you to find the courage and find the, the grit to get through the tougher times. Um, and yeah, trust yourself and you're going to be successful. Right. Yeah. There's only one version of you. So, so just be, be the best you. And, and that really, I think, I think will help people. So Yvonne, thank you so much for joining. I know you're busy. I really appreciate your time. There's so much value in this. Um, I'm so excited. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing, leaving a review or sharing with a friend. Have a great day.